Hello, dear friends. Welcome to our first week of our Four Arenas online practice group. This week is centered on the arena of joy. If we have an interest or desire in staying actively engaged in our line of work, field of service, and or area of activism without burning out or being chronically stressed out, or if we simply want to be able to read the news and know what's going on in the world without capsizing in an ocean of anger and or despair, cultivating joy is crucial. Joy is necessary fuel for generating wellness and well-being, and it expands our capacity for being able to better weather the storms when they come. So there's many common myths, I think, that abound when it comes to joy, and I think it's important to identify some of these myths, because if we don't, we may be steered by them without knowing it and they can be very large obstacles in the way on our path of practice. So if we have these myths on board, and in my view, it's nearly impossible not to, when we try to cultivate joy, our efforts will be thwarted. And I'd like to just touch on three of these common myths. So myth number one, joy is trite and trivial. So many of us regard the quality of joy as either being naive, superficial, childish, selfish, or at the very least, not at all important. Joy is either way far down at the bottom of our priority list or not on the list at all. As long as we see joy as being profoundly unimportant, we won't really be able to water seeds of joy in our daily life. Cultivating joy in the context in which I am using it is not about ignoring or turning away from the reality or suffering or the terrible things happening that truly exist in the world. Cultivating joy is about not ignoring or turning away from the wonders of life, the preciousness of life that exists simultaneously. Myth number two, joy is not up to us. It's easy to think about joy only in terms of what we feel when we experience something spontaneous or unexpected that we find really pleasing. So like we encounter a good friend we haven't seen in a while in the grocery store. Joy! All of the lights are green on our way home. Joy! A coworker brings in a treat to share. Joy! In these cases, we didn't see the joy coming. And it really had nothing to do with us. We encountered it randomly, 
and the joy was externally based, precipitated by events happening outside of us. Now, before I proceed, I want to highlight here that all of these examples are instances of joy, like 100%. Absolutely. Joy is a feeling that can be generated spontaneously based on things happening outside of ourselves. And it can also be a quality of character that we intentionally develop. There is acute, fast-acting, sort of quick-dissolving joy that we can experience. And there is a deep, slow-moving river of joy that we can learn to tap into and be nourished, humbled, and stabilized by. And it's this river of joy that I'm also referring to when talking about the practice of cultivating joy. And we can only access this river by our own volition. The art of tapping into this river is up to us. We can become an active participant when it comes to cultivating and joy. And in fact, in order to allow joy to become a strong foundational element of our quality of life, this is precisely what we'll need to do. We'll need to practice joy on purpose. So myth number three is joy needs to look a certain way. Joy presents and shows up differently for each one of us. And this is really important to keep in mind. It can be helpful to look at joy as operating on a spectrum. If we see joy as only being like smiling people, full of enthusiasm for life, running around full of vigor, then we're probably going to set ourselves up for a world of misery. Yes, joy can show up as excitement and high energy and exuberance, but other manifestations of joy exist on the spectrum as well. Joy can also show up as simple delight, basic okayness, satisfaction, quiet contentment, and ease. It can show up as feelings of enlivenment, inspiration, or the spark of creativity. The spectrum of joy that exists is non-hierarchical, so there's no one presentation of joy that is superior to another. Joy is unique to each one of us. So not only does it not need to look any one particular way, it can't. Cultivating joy is not about turning away from hardship or suffering. Cultivating joy is about not turning away from the wonders of life that exist within and around us. So please don't think there's a choice to be made between cultivating joy or seeing the hard realities of life. We can learn to practice and hold both simultaneously. In my way of thinking, especially when we're starting out, Cultivating joy is an act we do when we're not in the thick of things. When there's nothing on fire, so to speak. So in my experience, once we've established a basic working foundation of joy, then we can start to play around with what it means to water our seed of joy, to keep it strong when we're actively in a bind 
or stressed out or faced with a hardship. And to do so in a way that isn't about suppressing anything. So I'd like to share a poem to close. Um, This poem is uh, called Joy by Donna Ashworth. Joy does not arrive with a fanfare on a red carpet strewn with the flowers of a perfect life. Joy sneaks in as you pour a cup of coffee, watching the sun hit your favorite tree just right. And you usher joy away because you are not ready for it. Your house is not as it must be for such a distinguished guest. But joy cares nothing for your messy home or your bank balance or your waistline, you see. Joy is supposed to slither through the cracks of your imperfect life. That's how joy works. You cannot invite her. You can only be ready when she appears and hug her with meaning because in this very moment, joy chose you.